yeah, uh, you, you get people that are that are bad influences, and <laughs> you know, suddenly it sounds like a good idea. Disruns Radio episode seven eight zero starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, I want to let you know about a tool that I've I've been using for uh, several months now. We've been using, Rebecca and I have been using for several months now. I've talked about it once or twice, and it's it's a budgeting app called YNAB, which stands for You Need a Budget. And I don't know how many times I've heard people talk about it. I, I may be guilty of saying it once or twice as well that you know I kind of got into running thinking it was fairly inexpensive, cheaper than a gym membership, things like that. And uh, lo and behold, have learned to find out that running is anything but inexpensive between shoes and clothes and gear and hydration stuff and fueling stuff and race fees and traveling to race fees and all of the things. Running gets pretty pretty pricey pretty quickly. And um, having a tool like, like You Need a Budget like YNAB helps to... A, make sure that you know what your money is doing, where it's going, so that you kind of know where you stand financially at all times. But also, B, it helps you to kind of prioritize and plan for and figure out um, how to make sure you have enough money to cover that trip for that race that you're taking next year or whatever the case might be. So if you haven't used YNAB before, and if you think it's like a stale, stuffy budgeting software, it's not. It's a little bit tricky to get started. I I will say that. It took me a little while to really find my groove. But now that I kind of know what's going on with it, it's a couple minutes a few times a week to make sure everything is balanced and checked out and moving on. Um, but it also helps me to stay aware of what's going on with my my personal, my family. It helps Rebecca and I to stay up to date with what's going on with our personal finances. So uh, if you want to check it out uh, and you go through my link, disruns.com slash YNAB, you not only get the standard free month to try it out, which is, they, they class the first month as 34 days. So you get 34 days to try it out. But then if you kind of find out that, hey, this might be useful, this might be something that I want to use, and you went through my link to begin with, disruns.com slash YNAB, you'll get an extra free month on top of your your yearly subscription after that. So um, definitely worth checking out, definitely worth playing with. Um, hopefully, will be something that you find will save you some money. Um, maybe you know cut off some of the bleeding or some of the, the spots where money's just kind of bleeding out of your account. Uh, make sure that you're aware of what's going on with all your dollars and all your cents. And uh, you know maybe that'll allow you to, to plan one more race trip in the next year or two uh, because of it. So well worth it. I, I think, at least I feel like it's well worth it. And Rebecca's even on board, which means that it's probably definitely well worth it because she was really against it at first. Um, but she's she's figured out that it's it's helpful for us. So check it out, disruns.com slash YNAB. That's the letters Y-N-A-B. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, guys. Uh, today's guest not only knows a few things about running long distances, but he also knows about doing so in less than ideal conditions, or at least less than uh, what ideal conditions would be in my book. Uh, today's guest lives in the great state of Alaska, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, maybe comparing and contrasting a little bit of uh, running up north and, and I guess up north and out west versus uh, running down here in the sunshine state of Florida, which is where I, I call home. So probably about as, as 
different, both geographically and meteorology, meteorolo- whatever, weather-wise, and uh, I mean, all kinds of differences between the two. But uh, anyway, without any further ado, it's a pleasure to be able to introduce fellow Ultra Red Teamer, uh, Mr. Brandon Wood, to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Brandon, and, and welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, certainly looking forward to it. And uh, guys, if you want to check out more about Brandon and, and running in Alaska and, and all the things that he's got going on, IRunAlaska.com. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty nice, nice little URL right there. IRunAlaska.com is the website. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, same handle. Both places you can follow him along there as well. And the same handle is, is the same as the URL, at IRunAlaska on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 780 is the link that will take you back to the show notes for today. We'll have everything linked up there, photos and links and, and all of the things. Anything that we talk about that makes sense, it'll be there. Dizruns.com slash 780. So, Brandon, the way we always um, start each episode of the show is with the same question. And uh, it, it just gives us a nice little launching off place. And usually there's there's more things to talk about that come out of the answer for this one question than uh, we can probably get to the rest of the time anyway. But uh, it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I would have to go with uh, 100 miles. Um, it's just, it's, you know, it's such a long, just kind of ridiculous distance that, you know, I mean, it kind of anything can happen. Um, you know, not, I mean, certainly not to sound, uh, you know, cocky or anything like that, but, you know, if you're doing, you know, if I'm running like a, a half marathon or a marathon, you know, maybe I don't have the performance that, uh, that I wanted to have on that day, but I could pretty much guarantee that, uh, you know, I'll at least build a finish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas with running, you know, really long ultra like that, especially some of the ones up here in the middle of the winter, um, it's just such uh, such an experience, and each one of them is so vastly different. You know, depending on the the train you're on, the again the time of year. Um, it, you know, it's just so many different things can can happen. So many different things could potentially go wrong, and so it's just it just makes it a very interesting challenge. You know, it's almost like a, a puzzle to solve to kind of get everything to come together uh, just right to you know to even get a finish. You know, let alone if you're you're trying to go for a you know personal best or, or what have you. Yeah, the the hundred mile distance is uh, as as I've said before, it's it's a distance that. Uh, I, I still at this point have zero interest in, but I'm certainly you know, nope. I know better than to say never because uh, that's that's when it's uh, immediately becomes destined to happen at some point. Um, but but I love talking to you, you crazy people that that run the hundred miles, especially the ones that that identify that as as the favorite distance, because you know I. I, I I always feel like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I, you know, doing a, a, a marathon or a half marathon, like I know I'm going to finish even if I don't have a, a great day. Um, and, and then I just kind of start thinking about like how, you know, like I feel like I'm, I'm at that point with, with the marathon and I've done 50 K like, you know, like I feel like I can pretty much going to finish it no matter what. But, uh, you know, I, I hear when I hear you talking about, you know, every, every hundred miler is different and there's different challenges. And I'm like, yeah, well that's, Shoot, that's kind of the same thing about about the marathon. So it's obviously all all perspective based, but um, hundred miles it's just it's just crazy to me to to wrap my head around or try to wrap my head around running for somewhere between you know twenty and twenty four and thirty eight and whatever however many hours it takes you to do something like that is is a bit ridiculous. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's I mean it's funny because you say that you know I'm not not even interested in it. it's like not you know not that many years ago I would have said the exact same thing and. Like, oh, those, when I first heard about them, you know, even just ultras in general, I was like, oh, my goodness, those people are crazy. I can barely even imagine, you know, doing a marathon. And, uh, you know, you get, you get, 
some of your uh, running friends that are, you know, bad influences and talk you into doing these longer and longer races with them. And, you know, just one, one thing leads to another and just kind of kept, uh, you know, slowly stepping up the distances. And then uh, I, have, I have a cousin uh, of mine that lives up here and she runs um, all these, you know, crazy long distances too. And uh, yeah, we were doing a different race together and, you know, just talking along the way and kind of talked each other in to you know sign it up for one of these and <laughs> you know it's it's yeah you get people that are that are bad influences and <laughs> you know suddenly it sounds like a good idea right right and that's that's i feel like that's kind of the situation i find myself in with with doing the show is you know i'm talking to so many different people and it's just like oh it's you know Oh, if you, if you, you know, I love, I love the, if you can do a marathon, you can definitely do a hundred miles. I'm like, wait a minute. No, like if I can do a marathon, maybe I could follow that argument. I could do a 50 K, but sure. like to, to do a hundred, like, no, that, that, that math does not check out. But, uh, but yeah, our, our, our running friends can be sometimes our biggest running enemies, obviously, uh, not quite enemy status, but yeah, they just talk us into doing these, these crazy things. And pretty soon, you know, you're doing something you thought you'd never would do, do before. Oh yeah, definitely. Nope. So how did you get uh, started in the sport, Brandon? I, I, I kind of just started to, to gloss into some of that a little bit there a second ago, but but how did you uh, find your way into uh, this whole running scene that we all uh, know and love? Yeah. Um, you know, growing up, I was not a healthy kid at all. I mean, growing up, I was, you know, kind of the stereotypical, you know, overweight, out of shape, never ran a day in my life uh, sort of kid. And um, you know, finally about, uh, coming up on almost 10 years now. So the start of 2010, um, uh, my daughter was born and just kind of finally, you know, something finally clicked for me of like, Hey, you know, something has got to change here. Um, you know, if I'm going to be around to, you know, see my kids grow up and, you know, not, I, I didn't want to be, you know, kind of that dad of like, Oh, I can't play with you. I'm, you know, my back hurts or I'm tired. I need to, <laughs> I need to sit down for a while. You know, I did, I didn't want to be that. Um, and so, yeah, something just kind of finally clicked with me. And so, yeah, so it started 2010, I, you know, started eating better, started exercising some, uh, started running just a little bit, you know, just sort of like the, you know, lap around my block mm-hmm. where I live, you know, sort of thing. I did the, uh, like the couch to 5k type of program, um, you know, thinking that, you know, a mile or two was the most mm-hmm. that I was ever going to run just like, Oh yeah, just something, you know, easy to, you know, I was trying to be cheap. I didn't want to, you know, pay for a gym membership or anything like that. And I was, Oh yeah, run, you know, the, the typical, yeah, right. running the sport haha <laughs> but uh you know so just thinking yeah just you know a couple miles you know maybe two or three times a week and that that would be all that it ever was and you know just kind of slowly as i started running a little bit more and i was you know losing losing more weight and getting into better shape and you know running was actually getting a little bit easier and was just finding that i i actually enjoyed it mm-hmm. and started running a little bit farther and a little bit farther and yeah, finding other people that, you know, uh, other people to run with and, you know, and that just kind of all kind of took off from there. <laughs> yeah. As, as it does, it, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope. And once you, once you start down it, boy, it can, it can get you. And, and certainly, you know, like you said, the, the, I think I, if I had a nickel for every time I talked to somebody or, or thought it myself as well, where it's like, yeah, you know, I'll just do this cause it's fair, fairly cheap. And then you start to realize that, uh, you know, <laughs> just all of all of the various expenses of gear and clothes and shoes and races and and travel to races and oh man it starts to starts to add up 
pretty quickly. But, um, you know, so so a decade now, gosh, a, a, almost a decade going from couch to 5K to, to hunt, you know, well, not even a decade, less than that to, to do the first 100 miler. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, it wouldn't have been too long ago that, that you, you were right there with me saying, yeah, I'll, I'll never do, or maybe not never, but I, I can't wrap my head around. I have no interest in doing a, a hundred mile type of a race. Um, what, uh, what tipped you over the edge to start dabbling to some of the, the longer distance ultra marathon, hundred mile type of, of distance races? Yeah. Um, so kind of just the, the, uh, what I was talking about before and, you know, some running friends being a, a bad influence. Um, there was, uh, a buddy of mine that we were running a race together. Um, I think it, I want to say it was like as early in 2012, we were running a race together. Uh, it was in the middle of the winter. It was like five degrees outside. And, and we start talking about this, this 50 mile race that we had both heard about, um, in the summer. And, you know, of course the conversation started out as, Oh, wow. Do you hear about these people that do this? This is crazy. Um, you know, can you even imagine it's like we were running like 20 miles that day, I think for this race. And of course it was middle of the winter, so much <laughs> sort of thing, but still, you know, we're like, Oh man, this is, you know, this 20 miles is, is killing us. Can you even imagine running 50 and, and, uh, and basically by the end of the race, we've kind of talked each other into running it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and yeah. So then later that year we, we ran this 50 miler together and, and then the next year ran the, the same race also had a hundred mile option. And so the next, next year it's like, well, let's, we did 50. Let's, uh, let's train up for this thing next year and we'll, we'll give the hundred a try. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, you, you say it like that and it, and it kind of paints this picture in my head like, you know, yeah, we, we did, we did the 50, whatever, no big deal. Let's, let's double it and do, do the hundred. And I, I know I've used this example talking about, you know, distances and kind of, I, I call it like marathon math or, or, you know, just running math in general of like the half marathon, you know, obviously math wise, 13.1 miles, 26.2 miles. Doesn't take, doesn't take too much of an advanced knowledge of math to, to realize that that's a, a you know, halfway, but in the actual running of the race, I feel like, you know, the halfway point of a marathon is closer to about 20 miles. Um, so I'm curious, especially, you know, maybe, maybe with, uh, I don't know if you can go back to where you were for that first hundred miler mentally knowing, you know, that you've done several of them since then. But, uh, you know, in preparing for that first hundred miler, was it something where, you you know, it was like, Oh, this is just twice as much as the 50 or kind of how was that, preparation process of of building up did did uh, i don't know if i put my question together correctly here but um <laughs> was it was it did it seem like it was twice as much or was it was it kind of more exponential difference between the 50 and the 100 miler for that that first time for you oh yeah it definitely it's yeah i'd say it's one of those that goes up where it's yeah more you know maybe more like three times mm-hmm. as as difficult um as a as a 50 miler especially that first one you know, there's just going so much into the, the unknown. Um, cause I mean, part of it is just, you know, you do a, you do a marathon, you know, your typical marathon training plan has like a 20 mile long run. Um, but if, you know, so that's, what is that, you know, whatever, about three quarters of the distance, something like that. But you know, if you're running a hundred mile race, you're probably not going to go out and do, you know, like a 75 or an 80 mile training run. Um, and so there's kind of that little bit of a mental block too, where it's like, I mean, I think the longest that I ever did for a training run was maybe like 30 or 35 miles. 
Um, and I think that's pretty typical. I mean, if it just happens to work out where there's like maybe a 50 mile race that you can use as kind of part of your training, you know, but it's just, it takes so much out of you to do those long races and there's so much more, uh, chance of getting injured and whatnot that it's, you know, it's just not, uh, realistic to do a, you know, a really long run like that in training. So there's even a lot of it, even just kind of that mental block of just sort of that unknown of like, okay, I mean, I, I ran a 50 mile race last year, the, you know, the farthest I've run in training for this race is, you know, maybe 30 or 35 miles, you know, is, is that enough to, to get me to a hundred, you know, so there's just a lot of that unknown and, and, uh, it will just not even the, uh, you know, the training endurance aspect. I mean, there's just so many other things that come into play, like with your nutrition and, um, and even, you know, just chafing <laughs> things like that, where it's like, Oh yeah, there's, you know, there's issues that you run into that like, you know, I, maybe I would never have a problem in a merit during a marathon, but then once you start hitting, you know, once you've been out there for 12 hours or something, it's like, Oh, then now, the, you know, these areas start to become a problem for me <laughs> kind of a thing. And so there's some of those where it's like, you don't even get much chance to even like practice. Like what's that gonna, you know, what's that going to be like, what's that going to feel like on your body, you know, after, you know, 12 plus hours running. And, and I think that that's kind of, at least maybe I'll use that as an excuse. Part of my hesitation for doing some of these longer races, because, um, you know, I, I mean, I did my first, when I did my first marathon, um, which ironically was, was in 2010 as well. So I, I guess our running career started at about the same time. Cause I wasn't doing much before that. Um, but, uh, you know, I did my first marathon and I, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, like literally I've told this story a couple of times, but like I've, I trained to about 14 miles was my longest run. And I, I legitimately thought I was, I was good to go. Like I, I've done more than half the distance, like whatever, no big deal. And, and I just remember, you know, just having no idea what I, obviously what I was getting myself into being grossly unprepared, um, <laughs> and, and just, you know, that, that much extra time on your feet and, and kind of all the, the struggles that, that went on with me for that. And I only had to go 12 more miles or, you know, 12 and a half more miles, whatever the exact number worked out to be past what I had trained for. And now you're talking and it, it makes sense for any number of reasons, but you know, you're gearing up for a hundred mile and your longest run is 30 miles, 35 miles, maybe something a touch longer. Like you said, if you stumble across a, a 50 mile race or something, I just, I like, how, there's no way to know what you don't know until you do it. But how, how difficult is it that first time going through all these things that you have no way of knowing, preparing for, knowing how your body's going to respond, knowing how, you know, how, when, when your feet start to hate what, you know, just, you want to get off your feet. I mean, just, there's so many unknowns there. How difficult was that first race mentally, um, the first hundred mile race for you mentally because of all the unknowns? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, everything you listed and more, um, and just in general with these ultras, I mean, they're just, it's so much, uh, of, yeah, of just a mental game of, you know, so much of your body hurts. Um, so, so many things are telling you that, you know, this, why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, and so there's just a lot of it of just kind of willing yourself to keep moving. Um, you know, even if it's just, you know, even if you're just walking, which most likely, you know, most people are going to have to walk at least some during a hundred mile or unless you're one of these just kind of ridiculous elite people that unless you're a freak, uh, then you're going to, you're going to have to walk a little bit. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's like, but you're still, you know, you're still making forward progress. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and that that first one that I did, there was uh, again, so there was a buddy of mine that I was running it with uh, that first hundred, um, and he was he was really struggling. Um, we we got in to a checkpoint. I don't know. I think like mile forty two or something, and he was he was really struggling at that point. You know, it's in the middle of the night, so it's dark. Um, and we're just, you know, we're walking and it's a pretty, even a pretty slow walk at that point. Um, and, you know, finally, I, right around the time the sun was finally coming back up, I, he just kind of, I think he, he was, again, I think he was, he was more mentally done than, than anything. Um, and, you know, so he, he basically said, you know, he's like, this is, I'm just going to walk it out until I hit the next checkpoint and, and I'm going to be done because I, you know, I, I can't take any more of this. And, you know, he just kind of insisted that I, uh, you know, go on without him. Um, and so I, you know, after a bit of, of back and forth, I, I finally did just go on ahead by myself. But then that was, uh, you know, very mentally difficult then as well, because then I still had about, you know, had the second half of the race mm-hmm. uh, that I was basically alone the entire time. Because, uh, I mean, these ultras are already, you know, not super popular races to begin with. And then even more so up here in Alaska, there's just not that many people that are, you know, they're coming out and doing these, these races. And so, you know, you did not see a whole lot of people out there on the race course. So it was, um, you know, the, the second half of the race was just a lot of time by myself and a lot of time with my thoughts and just having to, yeah, again, just kind of keep willing myself to, to keep moving forward and, you know, basically just keep telling myself, like, even if I have to just walk the entire rest of this thing, you know, it's like unless, you know, unless there's like serious, serious injury involved, you know, a bone sticking out or something, it's like, uh, you know, I really wanted to finish this thing and just kept telling myself, like, just keep, keep moving forward, you know, just keep going, uh, you know, eventually you'll get there. <laughs> right, right. And, and fast forwarding more to, to like today now, kind of comparing and contrasting that first experience to now, how is preparing for a hundred miler different for you now that you have a few of them under your belt? Is it still, I mean, does the training still look the same or is it just a matter of that, you know, different, you know, you know, you've experienced it or, or, you know, what, what kind of adjustments have you made now that you're a, a veteran of the hundred mile distance? <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but <laughs> well, you're more of a veteran than I am. I'm a complete, uh, not even, not even a noob. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nothing, uh, on the hundred miles. So, uh, curious on how that's changed for you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd say in general, I think a lot of my training itself has stayed the same. I mean, I've never been, you know, a super high volume runner. And I mean, and that's one of these things too, where people, um, you know, oh, you run a hundred miles, you must just run all the time. You must just do so much. And it's like, well, no, not really. I mean, uh, you know, I don't typically, I don't really run like at least total, like total volume wise. I mean, you know, specifically what type of training I'm doing might look different, but you know, if you're looking at like weekly volume, like weekly number of miles, I mean, it really doesn't look any different than somebody like training, you know, training hard for a marathon. I mean, I think the most that I've ever gotten in, in like a training week was 80 miles. And that was like, that was a huge week for me. I mean, I think most of the time, uh, if I'm peaking, it's much more around maybe 50 or 60. Um, it's just, you know, there's definitely a lot more focus on like those weekend long runs. Um, 
you know, a lot of times trying to get in, you know, either, you know, one real long one, you know, 20 plus, you know, or even 30 plus, um, or, you know, doing like back to back long runs and just really focusing on that, uh, you know, time on your feet. Uh, that's a big, uh, that's a term you hear a lot with ultra running is, you know, it's like any, anything's good training for ultras, you know, it's, you know, it's just time on your feet, you know, you, you get a, you know, even if, again, it was just walking or, you know, slow running through the, through the mountains or on trails or whatever. It's, you know, it's getting used to being on your feet for a long period of time. Um, and so, but yeah, as far as my training goes, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that's changed a lot. Um, you know, you know, mentally, it's maybe, a, I don't want to say easy, because I, I don't think I could ever say that, you know, running 100 miles is easy, but <laughs> really somewhat mentally easier, at least in that I, I, I kind of know what to expect. You know, I, I have have an idea of what, what I'm getting myself into. Um, I mean, it's still, you know, it's still a struggle every time. Um, and I mean, I've had a, a couple races that I haven't finished, um, which I mean, has been, I, you know, I'd say has been a mix between, you know, physical and mental. Um, you know, I went and did one, I did, tried to do uh, Pine the Palm 100 uh, a couple of years ago down in Southern Oregon, and it ended up being 103 degrees that day. And <laughs> coming from Alaska, I'm not used to that. <laughs> And so I, I did not handle that very well. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, every one of these things is different, you know, go, you know, comparing something like that to doing, uh, like the Susitna 100 here in Alaska, where, uh, a couple of the, you know, one of the years where I did it, it got down to like 30 below in the middle of the night. Um, and so it's just, you know, two totally different experiences. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's certainly the nature of, of any type of running. I mean, you know, different, different dates, different locations. There's all, all kinds of differences, but yeah, that's, that's a pretty polar extreme, 130 degree difference, plus or minus a couple degrees, uh, between those two events. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's substantial. Um, talking about Susitna, cause I know that that's a race that you've, you've done a couple of times, uh, now the, the hundred miler there. Um, and, and I was, you know, doing a little reading on the blog, kind of got lost reading that, that blog post. It was, it was, uh, just, I mean, it was mind blowing because it was a hundred miler and it was mind blowing because it's running across, you know, frozen Alaska in the middle of the winter. Um, but, uh, you know, for, for a race like that, and I didn't, I didn't, uh, well, in the in the blog post in the in the report after the race, you're talking about you know sp- spending some some serious time at some of the different different aid stations or or you know campsites or whatever it was that were set up the, the cabins that were set up for for aid stations there. Um, and and as a road runner, that's something that I've I've and a you know a marathoner which uh, whatever. But but running running races where like you know most of the time it's like you blow through the aid station, you grab a cup of water, you spill half of it on you while you're trying to drink it and and just try to keep going. Um, the idea of like stopping for 10 minutes is something that I'm starting to figure out now that I've done a couple of, of trail ultras, but you know, stopping for a couple of hours, uh, which I, which I know you did a couple of times and, and get a little bit of a rest and warm up and, and dry out your shoes and switch shoes and dry, you know, warm up your feet, thaw out your feet, all those types of things. What, what's it like stopping and starting, you know, when you're, when you're 60 miles deep and you stop for a couple of hours at a, at a station and getting going, is it, is it a difficult process to get going again at, at that type of a race? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's a huge trade-off there between, I mean, exactly what you're saying. It's, you know, do you, especially like at Susitna, there's, I think there's five checkpoints. And so it's, I mean, it's like roughly about every 20 miles Mm -hmm. and so you're not 
getting, you know, a lot of, of opportunities to, you know, to, to either rest or, you know, refill your water, get a little bit of real food. I mean, cause I, you know, you're carrying whatever you're carrying with you, you know, bars or gels or whatever, whatever works for you. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, at a lot of these checkpoints, they have like actual real food, you know, whether it's soup or spaghetti or one of, one of the checkpoints is actually just at a little lodge and you can order food from the mm-hmm. kitchen so you can get like real, like hot meal made for you. Um, and so, but there's definitely a trade off between, yeah, exactly. You know what you're talking about. It's like, well, yeah, that's all nice and it's good. You know, you want to make sure you're getting taken care of and they have to need to dry stuff out or whatever, but, it's, but then it just makes it that much harder to get going again. And, and then also, I mean, there's just the time aspect, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe your body really needs that, you know, 30 minute or hour or, or the nap, you know, I mean, yeah, there was one year that we did it that, yeah, we ended up, we were pretty dead when we got there in the middle of the night and actually had these little cabins you could uh lay down in and you know so we we actually napped for a couple hours um you know so it's on the one hand it's rejuvenating but then it's just it is that you know kind of that much harder to get going again and then now we just you know whatever quote unquote wasted you know four hours Mm -hmm. weren't making any progress but it's you know there's always kind of that question of like well like but like how much better are we able to move through the rest of the race because we got rest you know so it's it's always one of those that's hard to gauge and you know you kind of have to uh you know just sort of weigh how you're feeling and i mean there's been you know some years where i've just sort of blown through there kind of as quickly as possible and then yeah another year where you end up stopping and sleeping for a few hours mm-hmm. yeah and then going back outside into negative 30 is it's a whole it's bad <laughs> enough when you're out there already but you come back in and thaw out and then you got to go back out there Whew, no no thanks right exactly well and that's one of those two that yeah exactly it's like you, yeah you slow you stop for a while and and, and all that and that's yeah very rude and awakening when you go back outside in the cold <laughs> right it's it's almost the same although i don't i don't know i would argue down here it's it's better being like being out and when it's super hot where it's like kind of the opposite extreme you go into the air conditioning for a bit you kind of cool down and you come back out and the heat feels more oppressive it's like easier to just keep going like as long as you're not running out of of uh, fluids and you're not your body's not overheating like if you're still sweating and and feeling okay just keep going because man it's it's yeah. way worse <laughs> to to cool down and i gotta imagine it's kind of the same thing up there like if you can keep going and and you know like warming up thawing out like oh that makes it that much harder to get going again oh yeah definitely yeah if i if i'm feeling all right i'll i'll try and be as quick as i can in those i mean just again for for those reasons and also just time mm-hmm. i mean that's the thing with ultras i mean not and not just like susitna but i mean i've gone and done some others you know down down in the states um that are more more of a uh quote-unquote regular uh ultra um that has a little bit more frequent you know, checkpoints and whatnot. Um, but then, you know, it's the same problem there. So, it's, you know, if you, you know, there's some of these hundred milers that have, you know, maybe 20 checkpoints. And it's like, even if you only spent five minutes at each one, I mean, there, I mean, there you've got almost two hours right. total, but you, you know, you're spending not moving and it's like, Oh, five minutes doesn't sound like that much. It's like, well, it, you know, if you've got that many checkpoints, it definitely adds up. So it's, you know, stuff like that, you got to keep in mind, you know, you definitely want to take care of what needs to be taken care of. You know, you don't want to, you know, just keep blasting through and, and, you know, grinding yourself down if you really need to stop and take care of something, but you gotta, you definitely gotta be mindful of the clock too. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, and, 
as as I you know listening to that answer and, and several other things, I just want to make sure to point out for everybody that's listening that even if you're not running 100 milers, all these same lessons I feel like they they apply no matter no matter the distance. You know, if it's if you're running a half marathon and there's there's 10 aid stations, like it's okay to stop at every one if you need to. But if you're if you're worried about your time, you know, if it's even if it's you know one minute at each one, that's, that's 10 minutes that you, that you're taking off of your time to, to stop to, for water or gels or things like that. Um, so, you know, it's all, it's all relative to your, to your distance and to the, the situation. But, uh, a lot of these things, uh, you know, they come up in the conversation because it's a hundred miler, but they, they, they relate no matter what distances you run. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. <laughs> are you a Brandon, are you, are you a native Alaskan or did you find your way up there somehow else? No, I have lived here my whole life. Gotcha. Gotcha. Love it up here. Every now and then we, you know, me and my wife kind of like maybe in the middle of the winter where it does get a little bit miserable, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll toy with the idea of, of leaving. But then anytime we go and, you know, vacation somewhere else and get reminded of like the number of people and how bad traffic <laughs> is, it's like, no, never mind. We like it up here. <laughs> it's, it's not as, you know, the grass is always greener until you get there and you realize that uh, the, the grass isn't any greener anywhere than it is, you know, where, where you are uh, yep. anyway. But uh, what's, you know, obviously, or I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to say obviously, because I've never, I've never been there. It's, it's certainly on my list. I, I'd love to get to Alaska at some point, hopefully a couple of points, because uh, obviously it's a, it's a big state, uh, which I don't think people always necessarily realize that it's uh, every bit as big as the continental United States, if you, if you lay it out, you know, acre by yep. acre. Um, <laughs> yep, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, population wise, obviously, like you said, you get, you get somewhere down in the, in the lower 48 and you're like, gosh, there's a lot more people here than there is back home. Um, so, so there's going to be one big difference, but on the, on the running scene, you kind of mentioned a couple things, you know, races aren't necessarily as, as populated. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what's running life like in, in Alaska for you outside of just the races, but just in general, what's, what's it like to run in Alaska? Oh, it's great. I mean, so I live in Anchorage, which is, you know, by far the, the largest city in Alaska. Um, but it, it's, I mean, it's still pretty amazing. Uh, just like the, all the trail systems we have here. Um, you know, I mean, Anchorage is about 300,000 people. So, I mean, it's a, you know, it's not huge by, you know, some standards, but I mean, it's still a pretty decent sized city. Um, but you know, you can get out on some of these trails and within, you know, a couple miles, you know, basically, you know, at least essentially feel like you're, you're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you kind of get up in the mountains and it's like, you're not far from town at all, but I mean, it definitely has the feeling of being, you know, up remote on, you know, these mountain trails. Um, and you know, I, I certainly don't get, you know, the opportunity to go do that all the time, you know, you know, in all honesty, um, I mean, I've got, you know, kids and a job and all that. And so, you know, the vast majority of my runs, especially during the week, are just, you know, straight out my front door, um, you know, and just going on, you know, sidewalks and bike paths and things like that. Um, but, you know, I am very close to quite a few different trails um, where it's, yeah, especially on the weekends and stuff, it doesn't doesn't take much at all to, to get out on those and, you know, get to kind of go feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere uh, pretty quickly. Right, right. Um, I, I'm going to ask some, probably some dumb questions, but whatever. It's, it's, it's my show. It's not the first time I've, I've opened my mouth and put my foot in it. But, um, you know, as far as, as weather goes, we kind of talked a little bit about it with, with uh, you know, the, the system race and um, just, you know, misperceptions, of course, I'm sure, but from, from, you know, 
us that live down in the in the lower 48 and what it's actually like up up in uh alaska and, and clearly like i'm from northern michigan originally so like not not nearly as as cold and not nearly as much winter as as what alaska has but certainly uh, i know i know cold I've, I've been there done that uh got out which is why i'm, I'm in florida now um but you know w- when it comes to running in the cold and, and running in some less than ideal conditions, whether it's race day, whether it's, you know, you're just training. Cause you know, I, I'm going to assume that just like, I don't like the heat, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm, I don't like the heat, but I like the treadmill less. So I don't run on inside because even when it's hot, um, I'm assuming there's probably some of that that goes on as well. It's even though it's cold, you just get out and go because it's not the treadmill. Um, what kind of things do you do to try to, to quote unquote, beat the, beat the cold? Uh, when, you know, when you're in your, whatever it is, eight months of, of winter or seven months of winter, like we have, you know, eight or nine months of summer down here, um, what's kind of your, your, the strategies and tactics to, to survive, uh, running out outdoors in Alaska, mostly year round? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Similar to what you described, I'm not a big fan of the treadmill either. I would, you know, I would much rather get outside and run, even if it's, uh, you know, pretty darn cold outside, um, than run on the treadmill. Um, luckily here in Anchorage, it, it typically does not actually get too terribly cold. Um, I mean, we'll dip down. Of course, that's all relative, right. of course. But uh, <laughs> at least for kind of what I'm used to, um, you know, typically doesn't get below even below zero that often. Um, you know, every now and then we might have a little cold snap. It might get down to like 10, 15 below. Um, but that usually doesn't last for too long. Um, you know, where the Susitna race is, is a little bit farther up north and just kind of because of the geography of where it's at, that's why it ends up getting a little bit colder on that race. Um, but at least for, you know, my regular day-to-day training runs, um, it's not quite as bad. Uh, but yeah, no, it's really a lot of it's just, uh, just getting out there and doing it. I mean, for the most part, um, I mean, one of the, one of the reasons why I always say that I like living in Alaska and I like dealing with the cold a lot more than I like dealing with the heat. Like, I I don't think I could ever live in Florida (laughs) (laughs) because it's like here in Alaska, I can always, you know, you can always layer up more. Mm put on another layer but it's like there's only so many clothes you can take off when it's really you know really really hot um and so that's a lot of it is just you know just layering up kind of you know i've got a pretty good idea at this point of like you know sort of like each maybe like 10 degree range Mm -hmm. okay you know within here i need to wear you know this many layers or the sort of this combination of stuff and you know these gloves and this hat and you know kind of what works and sort of each kind of range of temperatures and so some of that you know just ends up uh you know taking some experience and experimenting and then you know i've certainly had my uh share of runs where i've i've been a little too cold and you know kind of oh i don't want to do that again and you know or, or the opposite i mean that's kind of one of those things you have to be careful about too is you also don't want to dress too warm because right. you just, then you just sweat a lot um, and then you can get into trouble with uh, hypothermia because if you're getting if you're all your clothes are soaking wet mm-hmm. um, it, and then for whatever reason if you have to especially like during one of these races and you know you've got 20 miles in between checkpoints and if i'm finding myself either stopping or you know slowing down to like a very slow walk um and to where my you know my body temperature comes down mm-hmm. 
you know, potentially you're dealing with like hypothermia and things like that. So it's, it's kind of like a very sort of kind of a tightrope you have to walk there to where you're, you're warm enough, but you know, definitely don't want to be too warm. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, um, something that is, is just, it's, like I, I mean, like I said, I grew up in northern Michigan, so I didn't run much then, but I played outdoor hockey, and it was the same type of thing. It was like, you know, you what you needed to have enough clothes on, but like, you know, you go out, you go out and skate for, you know, a minute, you do your shift, and you jump back onto the bench, and the 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 wind might be whipping in off the lake, and it might be negative ten with the wind chill right in your face, and like now you're freezing, so you get like it's it's a tricky situation to be sweating, but not not sweating, and oh man, it's it's it is it is tricky for sure. Yep, yep. Well, and just like that, I mean stuff. So- Stuff can change so quickly, you know, mm-hmm. you know, either the temperature or yeah, if the wind picks up, I mean, that can make a huge difference. I mean, I, you know, just the cold by itself, for the most part, I can handle just fine. Um, I mean, even if it does get down to the 20 or 30 below, but as soon as you get that, you know, it's cold and the wind starts going, that's when it get it can get really hard to, to stay warm just because that, that cold, icy wind will just, you know, just kind of cut right through you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, looking at, uh, at some other races in, in Alaska, um, maybe ones that you've run, maybe not, but, um, you know, word, word sometimes travels, not as, as far as you think, even in the digital age. Um, and I know, I know for myself, you know, I, I, one of my goals is to run a marathon in, in every state. Um, so certainly looking forward to, to get into Alaska at some point for at least, at least one race. Um, (laughs) but, uh, are, are there any races that maybe, um, you know, and now we're going to blow the lid off of it here, but any like hidden gem type of, of races in Alaska that, um, that, that us, uh, Southerners that us, uh, you know, in the lower 48 might, uh, might want to put on our radars to, to kind of say, Hey, like, you know, if we're going to go to Alaska to, to run a race, whether you want to do 50 States or whether you just want to go to Alaska to, to visit and be play tourist and, and experience, um, you know, kind of a different part of our, our country and get in a race at the same time. Are there, are there any, uh, good races that you would recommend from any distance? I mean, you know, maybe covering, covering the gamut of some of the road stuff, some of the, the trail lower, you know, 50 K 50 mile type of races or anything that, uh, that you really would say, Hey, you know, put this on, put this on your radar for the next time, you know, you're looking for a race in Alaska and, and might want to check this one out. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Two that kind of immediately come to mind. Um, so up in Fairbanks, they had their, uh, marathon that they do up there in the fall it's called the equinox marathon um and it's just the you know the time of year is just really beautiful up there in the fall um it's part on roads part on trails um it's a tough race i mean there's quite a bit of climbing in it i mean there's definitely some flat stuff too so it's not you know certainly not an easy race not one you're gonna you know like run a bq on or anything like that but it is you know, just a really beautiful course. Um, and for, you know, Fairbanks is a relatively small town, but it's, you know, kind of, they definitely take a lot of pride in that race. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people out cheering, a lot of support um, on the course. Uh, and it's just, that, that's a really fun one. Um, I've been able to, you know, that's about, Fairbanks is about 350 miles north of, of Anchorage. So I mean, that's a decent drive or, you know, flight up there. So I don't get, haven't been able to make it up there, you know, every year to do that one, but I've done that one a number of times and that one's a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, probably my favorite trail in the entire state, um, is, uh, it's called Lost Lake Trail. 
Um, and then the, also in the fall, um, they do a, a race along that trail. And it's, I think, about 15 or 16 miles uh, trail race. And it's, it's just awesome. It's, it's such a beautiful trail. Um, unfortunately, uh, so it was actually just this past weekend, um, and they had to cancel it this year because we've had th- this summer has been terrible and we've had so many wildfires burning it has been so smoky um and they so they actually had to cancel the race this year because of how bad the smoke was so there's there's at least three races um that i'm aware of this summer that got canceled because of the 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 smoke wow well that's uh that's oh man that's that stinks that's just that's obviously unfortunate for the the forests that are that are burning yeah. um but but from a running perspective i mean just oh that's just you know especially when it's a, a race you enjoy um man that's that's you know weather can always be a factor but it stinks when it's something like that oh yeah well and especially i mean it, i mean it, it stinks for everybody involved but yeah I, mean, I think about the people who you know traveled out of state and kind of exactly what you were just describing you know i'm sure there's some of these where people have been oh i'm gonna you know it's like my big trip i'm gonna go up to alaska on this race and then you know ends up getting canceled because because of, of the smoke so yeah it's been it's been a this has been a very odd summer for us it's been very hot and dry and it's uh it just led to a lot of forest fires that they've been having trouble getting getting a a control of well hopefully that uh hopefully there's some i don't know some rain in the forecast at some point or something to to try to help dry things or not dry things out wet and you know get things wet again and and, uh, calm things down and and get the fires get the fires out um Shifting, shifting gears. Well, maybe not really shifting gears much, but I know you mentioned, and, and as this once this finally airs, it'll be well in the past. But uh, as we're recording this, <laughs> you're you're getting ready um, for for a 24 hour race. Have you done uh, any uh, of those timed ultras before? For you know, for like a 24 hour plus type of event. Uh, yeah, I've done I've done a few of them, and it's it's a very you know it's an interesting race format um, where it's you know they're usually on a you know, a relatively short loop. Um, so this one that I'm getting ready to do this weekend, it's, it's a four mile loop. Um, and so, yeah, so I mean, anybody who's, I guess, not familiar with that sort of format of a race, it's just, yeah, it's there. Well, so at this one, there's a six hour, a 12 hour and a 24 hour option. Um, and I'm, I'm doing the 24 hour and basically, so for, instead of, you know, having this, you know, point to point course or, or whatever. Um, it's just, you know, this relatively short loop and you just get in as many miles as you possibly can, uh, during, you know, during that allotted time. And, and then during the, the last hour of the race, they have a shorter one mile loop, um, just so you can kind of try and maximize as, as much, uh, distance as possible but yeah no it's it just ends it's a fun format i've done this particular race a couple times uh, and i've done a couple other timed uh races like you know similar uh similar format and it's it, and it's much different uh than you know a rate yeah say a regular you know point to point or looped course or whatever um but it, it, it makes for a fun just kind of atmosphere where it's almost just like this kind of trail running, you know, party slash camping trip. And, you know, there's a lot of people just hanging out and, you know, background at the start finish area. It's just kind of like, you know, uh, party central and people have 
tent set up and are, you know, camping out for the weekend and cheering and there's all sorts of food and stuff. And of course, then that uh, leads into it, it, it being almost like more of a uh, mental challenge than other races where, because you keep coming around and it's such a, such a great welcoming environment mm-hmm. and it's hard, it gets harder and harder to leave again. <laughs> You know, there's all this food and, and, and everything and people and stuff there. It gets harder and harder to keep going back out for another loop. Mm-hmm. You, you talked earlier about the the 100 miler where you ended up being pretty much by yourself for the last, you know, half or so, give or take. Um, do you like like this particular race this this looped course where, you know, you're, you're probably not going to ever be by yourself for, for that. Long. I mean, you might be by yourself for a little bit, but you know, there's enough people going around and you might catch somebody and somebody might catch you. And then, like you said, there's, there's always the, the, the main hub where you stop and, and there's people there. Um, do you prefer a little bit more time by yourself for some of the, for these longer races? Or do you kind of like having a bit more, a bit more company uh, when it, when it has the opportunity to present itself? Yeah, it's definitely nice getting, you know, seeing people more often. Um, you know, it's, it can certainly, yeah, some of these longer races can certainly get lonely out there. Um, you know, if you're just out there for that, you know, that many hours on end and, you know, just you and your thoughts or, you know, maybe, maybe some music is about all you got. Yeah, it definitely is kind of a nice change to do, you know, do a race like this where, yeah, you know, especially, you know, during a regular race, you know, maybe some of the front runners and stuff. I mean, the only time you're ever going to see them is right at the start of the race. And then, you know, never again. Uh, so, it, you know, it is kind of nice where yeah, you're kind of, you know, at least fairly regularly. I mean, again, Alaska doesn't have a huge, uh, especially ultra running population. And so there's still not a huge number of people. You know, I think I, I was just looking earlier this morning out of curiosity. I think there's uh, 15 people that are signed up for the 24 mm. um, hour and then some, you know, some more that are doing the shorter, shorter distances or shorter times. Um, so, yeah, we're still not talking about a huge number of people. Um, you know, compared to like one year I went down and did, uh, uh, Rocky Raccoon 100 in Texas and there were, there was like 500 people running that race. So yeah, I mean, you, you're never, ne- never alone on that course. Right. <laughs> right. What, you know, for, for you is the difference. This is something that I feel like I, I, I just kind of came to me, but I, I don't know why I wouldn't think about this earlier, but you know, the difference between a race with a finish line, you know, a, a hundred miler, like, you know, that whatever, it, whatever the exact math turns out to be, whether it's a hundred miles or 99 or 103 or whatever, there's, there's, there is a set finish point, um, versus a race like a 24 hour race, which I've, I've never done. I've still have not yet done a timed race. It's something I'm, that I'm again, warming up more to the idea of doing it, but you know, how do you, how do you, do you approach them differently? Do you approach them mostly the same? Like, like how do you attack that type of course where it's, there is no finish. I mean, there's a, there's a, a finished time, but there's not a, a set finished distance. Does that, does that change anything for you as far as race strategy or how you, how you approach uh, that type of an event? Yeah. Um, really, I yeah, just, it makes it, I mean, it, ultra running is already, you know, such a huge, uh, you know, kind of mental game. Um, and then a time race, it just turns it up even more uh, where you really just, you know, if, you, if you're really trying to, you know, run as far as you can, uh, you, you really just have to kind of stay on your mental game of, uh, you know, just getting back out there again, along the lines of what we were talking about earlier with not spending a lot of time in the, you know, in the, uh, in the party zone. Right. <laughs> 
you, you know, um, you know, coming through, taking care, you know, if you need to, you know, top off your water or whatever, or get, you know, get a little bit of food, you know, certainly get what you need and take care of yourself, but, you know, try not to spend uh, too much time there. Cause that's, you know, that's what really gets people, and especially like at this particular race, you know, this time of year in Alaska, it's definitely starting to get cold at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so you'll see, especially like during the night, you know, people, really slowing down a lot and spending a lot more time um at the checkpoint there uh well and and we'll see this year might be interesting because of the whole fire situation uh because in past years they'd always you know get like a bonfire going that they keep going all night and so you'd see you know people would be get crowding around that kind of trying to warm up or they'd like you know curl up into their sleeping bag and sit by the fire for a while um and but right now we've got a burn ban mm-hmm. on because of all that so not not quite sure what that situation is going to be like this year so that may change things some um but you, you just stuff like that where again you know it's just uh not you know you, you know if you're obviously if you're sitting there you're not making uh, not right. making progress um i mean and it is a much different sort of dynamic where you know basically as long as you do one loop you know, you, you haven't DNF, right. Um, you know, so you've quote unquote finished the race, even if you do one, you know, you do one loop and go home. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously if you've got, you know, uh, goals for yourself, you want to try, you know, try and run as much as possible, you know, obviously you're not going to meet that, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, it definitely does make for a much different dynamic, as you said, versus like a fixed finish line where it's right. like, you know, visualize this finish line you know 100 miles away or whatever that you need you need to make it to you know you you know where it feels much more of this you know journey that you need to go on to get there versus uh just this okay i'm gonna go out on another loop (laughs) so i i mean i I definitely enjoy it a lot but it is it's a much different dynamic uh, of a race it definitely really ups the the mental game quite a bit well, as uh, as somebody who struggles with the mental game a little bit, maybe it's something that I that I should seek out a little bit more because you know yeah. what better way to get stronger mentally, what better way to improve your weak spots than to throw yourself at it and, and see what happens, right? Oh yeah, definitely. When I, I've encouraged a lot of people that I know that uh, to come out and you know do like the six hour, mm-hmm. where you know maybe you know it's because it's a very you know just kind of fun you know low pressure. Uh, sort of environment to get into like a longer distance. I mean, even, you know, I've had friends that, you know, the farthest they had ever run before was, you know, like a half marathon. And I, you know, so I just encourage them to, you know, come out, sign up for the six, the six hour, you know, and, you know, see what you can get. And, you know, even again, even if you end up walking some of the laps or whatever, and, you know, have it's a good, you know, kind of stepping stone, type of a race to, to get into like a new distance, you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, I've known people who have done like their first marathon or their first 50 K um, at a race like this, where it's, you know, again, just kind of gives you a real, just kind of uh, friendly, low pressure way of, of, uh, you know, stepping up to a new distance that, you know, you haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, and that's, I mean, again, you know, what, what a, what a great way to do it to kind of go back to your, you can't DNF, like, you know, you might have a goal for a, a six hour race to do, you know, 30 miles, do 31, do it, do a 50 K. Um, but if, you know, if you quote unquote only 
get to mile 28, well, that's still that's still a solid day at the office, and it, it yep. doesn't it doesn't go down as a DNF. So you know, kind of win win right. right there. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so as we're as we're getting to that point of of wrapping up today, Brandon, um, I, I like to close. Uh, with kind of a, a question similar to the introductory question, something that's very open and I call it a philosophical question, but sometimes we're very rarely do we really get into deep, deep philosophy in here, but it's always, I guess it's always a possibility. Um, but being, you know, being that you're a, a native uh, Alaskan um, and that most of the people listening are not native Alaskans, uh, I'd, I'd just be curious if, you know, and this is totally non-running related, which usually isn't the case, but you know, sometimes the, as the conversation goes, that's, that's how we go with it. Um, what are, what are a couple of, of, common misperceptions about the great state of Alaska that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that you just, you know, when you, when you, when you see a tourist, when you see somebody from the lower 48 up there, you just kind of, you know, you hear him say something, you just roll your eyes or shake your head and say, Oh, these, these silly people that have no idea what they're talking about. What are, what are some of those common misperceptions about Alaska? And that's where we'll wrap up for today. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. There, well, there's definitely plenty of them. I mean, yeah, there's, you get a lot of the, a lot of the yeah, kind of silly questions of, you know, people either thinking it's it's always cold up here, um, or the, you know the the stereotypical you know we've driven igloos and and you know dog sleds to work, um, or the other one that people you we always get a lot of questions about. Which not this one's actually much more reasonable, I guess. But the, one of the ones that really in, seems to intrigue a lot of people is the well both flip sides is during the summer the amount of sunlight we get and then during the winter how much darkness we get um so like here in anchorage we don't get it quite as extreme as if you're farther up north but i mean we still like so in the middle of the summer when you hit the the longest day of the year uh we, we i think we get up to about 20 hours wow. of, of sunlight and even even then it never really gets dark. I mean, it's like technically the sun sets, but it's kind of like just barely below the horizon where it still basically just kind of stays dusk all night, um, which in some ways is nice doing some of that because I've done some of these, uh, you know, longer races uh, up here in the middle of the summer like that where you're, so you're running all through the night and I never even have to wear a headlamp mm. because it, does, it just doesn't get dark enough. Um, and so that, that's definitely an advantage in some of those cases. Um, but then the, the flip side of that is during the winter, you know, the, the middle of the winter, we get down to where it's about 20, you know, 20 hours of darkness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I go to work in the morning, it's dark. I get home from work in the afternoon, it's dark. You know, you get just those couple hours in the middle of the day where the sun comes up. Um, and so, and that, that's one that gives a lot of people trouble, especially people that are more like new to the state. I mean, I've, I've lived up here my whole life. So, I mean, I'm, I'm used to it, but you have a lot of people with, you'll see with these, uh, like artificial lights on their desk and stuff to, you know, to kind of stimulate the, the, the brain into thinking that either it's getting, uh, you know, sunlight and, uh, you know, people taking, you know, vitamin D supplements and stuff during the winter because they just don't really get any any sunlight, uh, at least for, you know, a good chunk of the winter there. Well, shoot, even if you even if you get a little bit of sunlight in the wintertime, you, you don't have much skin exposed, I don't imagine, in the, in the dead of winter <laughs> to get a whole lot of vitamin D going anyway. 
<laughs> no, no, that's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, good, good stuff. Um, you know, like I said, lots, lots of things that I'm curious about, about Alaska running in Alaska. And I feel like we probably barely scratched the surface, but uh, thanks for humoring me on some of these, some of these topics. But uh, once again, guys, if you want to check out more about Brandon Alaska and all the things that he's got going on, I run Alaska.com is the website, Twitter and Instagram, same handle, both places, which always makes it easy at I run Alaska and uh, disruns.com slash seven, eight, zero is the link to go back to the show notes and we'll have everything uh, that we talked about there today linked up as far as races and events and, and all those things. Ellen always does a great job. So disruns.com slash seven, eight, zero to check it out. So Brandon, thank you for, uh, for taking the time today for, for giving up some of your valuable sunlight to, uh, to sit inside and, and chat with me and talk, talk running a little bit. Certainly appreciate it. Um, and like I said, we'll be listening to this after it's already happened, but good luck at the 24 race. Hope you, uh, you crush it there. Uh, and certainly wish you nothing but, uh, success and many happy miles going forward. Uh, but thank you again for the time and, and nothing but the best. Yeah. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Brandon and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about that uh, that stuck with you a little bit or that uh, made you think a little bit? For me, it, it was this is maybe a little bit of a, of a more vague um, takeaway than, than usual. But, uh, you know, that's that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes it's something really specific. Sometimes it is something that's a little bit more kind of general, general themed beyond, uh, you know, beyond just what was specifically talked about. And for me, the, the takeaway from today's episode is that, you know, as as runners and especially those of us that um, are at least dabble in trail running, um, there's so many options and opportunities out there to get out and explore the world as much as we can. And, and you know, I... I have maybe been known to say things once or twice about, well, if I lived, you know, in Appalachia, if I lived in the Rockies, if I lived in Alaska, where there's, you know, a lot more terrain and a lot more, um, quote unquote, fun places to run trails, I'd be a lot more serious of a trail runner than I am down here in central Florida running through the swamps. But there are some cool trails down here. You know, the more I've gotten into some of the trail culture, um, or at least tried to get into some of the trail culture. The more I've gotten into running some of the, the ultras that are near-ish um, that tend to take place on trails, the more I'm starting to realize that there's, you know, we may not have the mountains. We may not have deserts and epic landscapes and things like that. And we may really do have a lot of swamps. But there's there's just some great places to run locally. No, you know, And then, of course, there's great places to run all around the world. So, you know, having the opportunity to go to different places, having the opportunity to go run roads and trails and travel and see parts of the country and, and hopefully one day see parts of the world um, due to this this passion that I have for, for the sport of running. And, and I'm sure that you do as well. So, you know, talking, talking to Brandon, talking to somebody in Alaska um, and hearing about some of the races they run that, that you know, not going to not going to pretend like. Some of those races sound like a whole lot of fun for me of, of being out there in the freezing cold and dragging a sled behind you with all of your gear, but it's an option. And there's so many of those options out there. There's so many different opportunities. There's so many different types of races, locations of races. And so my, my takeaway from today is just that, that reminder to just continue to explore the world, continue to explore um, my local world. 
complete, continue to explore kind of my the region of the world, continue to explore the country of my world, and continue to explore the world of my world, and let running be that that ticket. Let running be that thing that helps me to get different places, see different places, meet different people, um, and and that's something that I really look forward to to doing. Um, so. That is my takeaway. Like I said, I don't know if it's real specific from something we talked about, but it was kind of the, the vibe, the gist of the conversation that was really resonating with me when, when uh, we were starting to wrap up and, and going back and listening to it again. Same same rules apply. So what's the, what about you? What's out to you? Let me know at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. Of course, you can also shoot an email, DizRuns at gmail.com, or you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at DizRuns.com. Slash seven eight zero. Goodness gracious, seven eight zero for today's show notes, um, and you can leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments there. We've also got some photos of uh, the icy bearded man himself uh, out running some of those those races that he's done. Uh, lots of lots of good photos to check out at disruns.com slash seven eight zero. So with that, we'll go ahead and uh, and and put a pin in this one. Call it a day. Um, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, check out YNAB. You know, if you want to check out the world, if you want to go explore different places outside of the, the local area where you live, you got to have the money to do it. And YNAB isn't some magic trick that's going to all of, all of a sudden give you lots of, lots of more zeros in your bank account. But what it's going to do is help you to build, you know, be smart, be intelligent, uh, live within your means and hopefully maybe save some money, set up a, uh, an account, a, a little tab within YNAB of race, race, uh, expenses, and travel expenses for races. If you start, you know, shifting a few bucks there every every week, um, you know, and all of a sudden those things start to add up, um, which is exactly one of the things that that Rebecca and I have been doing with WineApp. And it's it's crazy to see how in just a few months things start to things start to look a little bit better when you're keeping track of your finances every day. So check it out, try it for a free month, and then if you decide to stick with it, get another free month. So get two free months for the price of one. Two, two free for the price of one free. I think that's right. I think that, that makes sense. Um, but uh, if, you, if you go through my link, disruns.com slash YNAB slash Y-N-A-B to check out, to sign up for your free trial of, of You Need a Budget. Um, and if you do that and it ended up, end up signing up, I get a free month as well. It is an affiliate link. But, uh, you know, don't let that be your motivation. Check it out for yourself. Possibly change your financial future um, and get to run a few more races or get to get to you know, get some new shoes or whatever it is. Thanks to being a little more aware of what you're doing with your money. So that is it for today. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for, for taking me with you wherever it was that we went today. Certainly appreciate it. Um, hope you enjoyed this one. And until next time, please be well, take good care. And, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. See you guys.